Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Adam Silver looks mm-hmm. more diabolical than David Stern. David Stern at least looked like a, a, a doofus. Yeah. No, David Stern looked like a, a shaved Ewok. And now Adam Silver looks like truly one of the more menacing, unclothed dementors I've ever seen in my life. Just evil. He looks like he either has no shadow or he has two. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no shadow or too much shadow. That The Adam Silver story. <laughs> Why is your shadow so thick, Adam? <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that Dwayne Wade's name is not misspelled. It is actually part of a secret code to help Nicolas Cage find the Declaration of Independence. That's right, niggas. Black people can find the Declaration of Independence, too. Stop limiting yourself. Expand your brains. Dwayne Wade is part of a government conspiracy, y'all. He ain't misspell his name. His mama his mama spells Dwayne fine. She's helping us save the world. I'm your host, Langston Kerman, as always. Coming in hot, baby. I'm feeling good. I'm back in L.A. I'm recording uh, once again in my own home, which has moderately better internet than the <laughs> than the shit apartment I was living in in New York. It's not much better, but it is better than what was happening before. But you know who has fantastic internet? 
You know, everything in his life, I think, is coming up gold, just hot. He's a man who's never stopped working since the day I met him. And he was working real hard before then. But man, is he's so talented, so funny, a comedian, an actor extraordinaire. You know him. Uh, I think the thing that you need to know most is that he has a special on Showtime called Can't Cancel This. And he's so funny. Please give it up for my guest, Mr. Tone Bell. Man, what is happening? Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Everyone sit down, sit down. Let's get this thing started. Let's get started, baby. How you feeling? Hey, man, I'm good, man. I'm good. man. I ain't seen you in so long, man. It's, it's actually really good to see your face. It has been a while. And, and our listeners should know that this has been a, an attempt to record that has probably taken upwards of three months, I think. Oh, uh, uh, I would <laughs> say longer than that. <laughs> of just constant emails going back and forth with either myself or Tone needing to cancel because of various obligations, but we're doing it today and this is very exciting. I I, I truly can't wait to dive into it because you came with a conspiracy theory. That I would also I would also like to say, if I could interrupt just for a yes, second, please. I would no, like I'd to say that. I would like to say that I love when friends cancel on me. Oh really? I love when you cancel on me. That means you got shit to do that was more important than what we already had to do. Damn. That's a good problem. I, I can I appreciate that, which means that like my time, the time that you needed, you had to take it from me because it was more important. It was more money in that. Let me say this. I felt terrible canceling the times that I did it. So it, it does help me sleep a little easier knowing that you were like, fuck yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> That's exactly right. Again, man, this nigga is working. God damn, he doing good. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> well, I'm going to sleep good tonight now because I did it multiple times. I'm a real monster. Oh, man, I would say up head. six or seven. Six or seven times you canceled on me. I go, man, this motherfucker is really going to work right now. Well, we're not working today. You know who's not working today? It's me. I'm in shorts, baby. I'm here to talk to you about this conspiracy theory. It's an exciting one because you said my mama told me. The NBA is rigged. I said it. And I'll say it again. <laughs> Tell and me I'll say more. it again. I, I would think, love, I need to know everything that you, you know, that you think you know about this conspiracy thing. I stopped believing in this because you know what it feels like to me? It got too much to be like wrestling. Mm. It feels like performance art now because whenever you, I mean, I ain't never seen this many players with this kind of technology 50 years ago when niggas was playing in Chuck Taylor's, there weren't this many injuries. <laughs> There was That's no true. ankle support. Everybody wearing full body sleeves now. Yeah. Wearing copper and, and uh, <laughs> compression socks. And for some reason, you only got to play like 58 games a season yeah. to be on the team. I don't believe it. Refs mm. everywhere. You can gamble online now. I ain't going to lie. Cause, and, and here's why I really believe this. Because you could probably, if I was in the league, you could probably buy me. Whoa. Okay. Now this is exciting. So you're saying... You would slut it up immediately for a little bit of bread that you would. I've never, well, not a little bit of bread. Okay. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> You're no cheap whore. You'd, you'd, just, <laughs> you would require a, a level. Slut, if I'm going to slut myself out, I mean, it's yeah. got to be worth it. My name going to be tainted. People find out. If you're going to Pete Rose me, yeah. it's going to be for it. You're going to have to really, you have to really, really pay me to take that shame. 
Do you think, okay, I love that you're taking it down this. Do, do you think that Pete Rose is is happy with the amount of money that it costs him to not be a, a Hall of Famer? That like, you know, Pete Rose objectively should be uh, a Hall of Famer and, and just isn't because of his personality and gambling addiction. We still talking about him. <laughs> Look, yeah. Pete. We okay. kind of still know how great he is. I mean, the Mark McGuire's, uh, who was that? He was uh, uh, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds and all of them. Yeah. I, I don't care. Whoa. I don't care. I don't care. what ca- If you're doing it to entertain me, get it in. Oh, so this is exciting. So, so you are recognizing that these sports leagues are rigged, but you are not saying you're anti the rigging. No, I get it. Mm. I get now it it does take something away from it. It takes away it takes away the mystique of the surprise, but I mean, it's like watching Patrick Beverly last week talk about who's going to get quote unquote injured in the middle of the third quarter because the Suns are getting blown out. Whoa. All of a sudden there's a hamstring or a quad and like somebody somebody has to go to the locker room. So I go, "Oh, man, I I'm not the only one thinking this." Right. Okay. So now you start speculating, man, would the Suns have pulled it out if Chris Paul stayed? Because it's so a, now, so now it leaves you, it, it leaves you, uh, I'll make up a word, wonderment. It leaves you to go, what if? Uh-huh. Because, because if Chris Paul just stays in the game or if Devin Booker, whoever just stays in the game, then you don't have to wonder. And then you just go, oh, they weren't as good as I wanted them to be or I thought they were. But if they go out of the game, you get to keep spelling or sort of selling out this legend of point God and like the team that never was or whatever it is. I think it goes so far that like, look, you know how many uh, commercials, how many State Farm commercials we haven't seen since Chris Paul? Ooh, we get spicy. <laughs> you shooting at State Farm? Oh shit! <laughs> I'm coming for him. This all right? They got insurance. Hold on, wait a minute. So that's how they get. You. That's how they get you. If you fuck with State Farm, you gonna fuck around and lose your kneecaps. You know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> Jake from State Farm's gonna beat your ass if you come. You fuck with his money. Ooh, but see that they, they, they oh Jake is still around, but Chris Chris ain't. No, they they've they've been weaning off of uh, both Chris and Cliff Paul for quite some time now. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, because they're getting older, they got to bring somebody new in. Damn. Okay, so you're saying that we are going to see the last of the the Chris Cliff Pauls, and maybe this is when we start to see. Uh, I don't know. They're not going to put Pat Bev in there. Uh, <laughs> his personality's terrible. Truly, <laughs> one of the more unlikable people that uh, has ever crossed uh, any in NBA threshold. But a younger, more spry person with a big personality could take yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they finally get Trey Young. Trey Young will hop. Trey Young's a good answer. Trey Young will hop in there. But see, look. But see, look. Now, who you got going up? You got. We thought they were trying to. They were trying to villainize. The Warriors. Yeah. Right? Looney can't play. Wiggins can't play. Clay right. back from his injury. They trying to villainize Steph again. Who won MVP? Luca. Not no, Jokic no, no. won MVP. Yeah, oh, Jokic, yeah. Jokic, 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 Jokic. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, another but, big, another big foreign man. <laughs> hey man. I be high a lot. So look, you but you got Luca who everybody loves. And we know he's yes. a beast. Yep. Right? And then look, you gotta get and in the NBA, I think uh 
the P- <laughs> the majority of the NBA is black. Yes. Not a conspiracy. We know this. No, yeah, I don't think no. there's much argument there. Anybody at home who's like, hold on, brother, wait a minute. <laughs> Literally say less. Say less. <laughs> that math ain't correct, brother. So so Luca's a minority. Mm-hmm. We gotta have him. Yeah. We gotta have we gotta have Dallas play. We've seen we also we also knew that if Milwaukee didn't move on. We needed to be more excited because I thought it was going to be Milwaukee. I thought right. Milwaukee. I thought Milwaukee was going to play. Um, who they playing now? Uh, Miami. Yeah. Right. Two Celtics done. Al Horford's down. Marcus Smart's down. Miami had to sit some people down because Kyle Lowry couldn't play. So you have to even this whole thing out because I think Boston's too good. So we have okay. to get some excitement back. East, real East Coast, West Coast. Boston has to win this series. So, so uh, just so I'm, I'm. Fully understanding the the scale at which you feel like this is functioning. It's not just a rigging in terms of like they sit down at the beginning of the season and go, okay, this year uh, Miami is our champion and we are going to do everything to ensure that they're the champion. It's more day-to-day, game-to-game kind of thing. I think we watch as the season goes on before the All-Star break, who's getting the numbers, mm-hmm. who's getting the commercials, who's getting who's getting the ticket sales whose merchandise is moving, who's exploding this season, who is yep. healthy. And then after the All-Star break, we start pushing. Because you can notice calls go, you know what, the first half, X team gets gets all these calls, Y team gets nothing, and then it could flip in, in, the, in the second half, watching hashtags and watching trends, who's people talking about. And then where the line in Vegas goes, probably shifts calls. Mm. And now, see, that's interesting because in that way, it sort of has a level of uh, uh, it has a slightly egalitarian rigging happening, right? That like to some extent everybody has the chance to earn Adam Silver's crowning as the team that we will then bless towards Ooh. the end of the the season. Okay, let me say this: I watched something recently that made a lot of sense to me, but it's like mm-hmm. imagine the okay, so instead of like point shaving, right? Yep. that a team, a coach, a GM, or a ref can do to, to switch calls, balance out who gets more possessions, yada, yada, yada. Right. I was listening to, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but uh, that there was an interview that uh, Gilbert Arenas mm. was doing. And he was talking about the incentive contracts. So if I got to drop, if I got to average 20, if I got to average 29 and 7 for the second half of the season to get an extra $3 million bonus, you're not getting them minutes. Right. right. The organization saves money. The team needs you because you got high enough stats to even have an incentive contract, which means that we're going to save money in the budget because you're probably got too many miles on you, so we won't see you next year. Whoa. See, that's interesting because that also then makes me think about like Golden State, right? And how like objectively Jordan Poole was moving between being their their first and second best player throughout parts of this season but then at some point in the season, they opted to sort of like reshuffle, bring Clay back in. And now all of a sudden, Jordan's numbers are, are waning a little bit. He's still playing at a high level, but it's not necessarily the performance that he was having at the beginning of the season. And to your point, maybe some of that is a money shift. Pool and Wiggins switched. Uh-huh. 
Wiggins wasn't getting that kind of love because he was he was a little slow yeah. to, to the draw. Poole was coming up. Poole ain't getting the numbers or the time that he was. Wiggins killing right now, but over the course of the season, them numbers going to level out. Right, so we can make sure that we don't have to give him some weird bonus that he doesn't that we can still benefit from now this this out of nowhere kid who people all thought was washed when he was in the G League is suddenly playing at this elite level but we don't owe him extra bread at the end of it despite benefiting from his celebrity I mean and you talk about the the idea of in real time now with so much technology you can see a parlay coming whoa and so do you think that it, then in seeing it coming, that fucks up the betting system? Because I'm not a betting man, but I have to understand, like, are the people in Vegas now being like, yo, this is too easy, we're all just getting bread? Or are they making it, how are they accounting for the fact that that all of these things are so clearly laid out? I mean, sometimes I'll be at a bar watching the game on my phone and the game on DirecTV at Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings. And they're about 45 <laughs> seconds off. And I think it's quick to send a text. Right. <laughs> so it's like, yo, you cannot let him. He cannot hit another three. He hit another three. Get him out the goddamn game. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how it works. And I'm not really a bet man either. But I know way too many people that make money on parlays and stats to go. This is crazy that this just happened to happen in in the third quarter. Sure. Like, and some of the parlays are so absurd that it feels like a level of of silly rigging has to be happening on the on the base level in order for this to even make sense. You know what I mean? That it's like it's all cartoonish bets after a while and not just about like who's winning the game anymore. If I was sitting courtside and my girl was at home, I'd be texting like, yo, I don't think Steph gonna play in the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got to be just listening in on the coach's conversation. Doc Rivers, uh, despite his best efforts, he talks in a whisper, but it's a loud fucking whisper. So, you know, (laughs) somebody's hearing this shit. Let me ask you this before we go to break, because I do think this is going to be helpful in sort of exploring some of the the research that we have coming up. When did you start to feel this way? Who introduced this idea to you? Was this was this born of your own brain or or was someone in your life like, yo, Tone, you know this shit ain't real, and then you started to peep it? I uh I guess when I really started paying attention to it was probably a couple of years ago. And I don't want to say the league, and I don't definitely don't want to say the player's name, but you, you know, you get into this game and you start developing friends outside of comedy, but and acting, but also yeah. athlete. And so I got a couple, I got a couple uh buddies who who you know play different sports. But I will say that I had a friend like just kind of, you know, we uh, we had some drinks and uh <laughs> just kind of <laughs> Hey y'all, we were drunk. Anyway. <laughs> he just got a little loose lip. And I bro, he said a couple words and I was like, What? And and it was like, oh yeah, we we knew. Damn. We knew we was take we knew we was taking this L. Before we ran out, of, before we ran out there, before we ran out there, we knew we was taking this L. So he just told you straight up that it was already on, uh, sort of like, uh, not record, but it was already sort of made clear to them that this was not going to be their victory in this game. That's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, but that's <laughs> that's how I heard it. I was drunk. He was drunk. 
<laughs> I go, what? No, you don't say. And I, and I go, uh, you know, uh, you know, it is what it is. I pray my drunk ears betrayed me, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I heard this nigga say, we going to lose. <laughs> I still love the game. Hey, hey, happy to be here. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Tone Bell, more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And we are back. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Yeah, we're back here with more Tone Bell, more my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility that these professional sports leagues are rigged, that this is a ruse that we're all falling for, that they're not, in fact, playing their hearts out, but some of them are playing with uh, half their hearts so that they can get better bonuses and, I guess, help the league narratives. Do you feel like... There are players, and I've always been curious about this when people have accused like games of being rigged or situations of being rigged. Do you think that all the players are consenting into this as well? Or is it just like it's it's more that the league figures it out and the players have accepted that, yo, you pay me enough. I'm not going to like blow up the spot for my own benefit. I, I think you I think uh, I think you can't tell everybody. Mm. You can't tell everybody because the pay scale is different, right? Because somebody making somebody making thirty one million this season, somebody making three hundred seventy five thousand for the season. Whoa! The dude who making three seventy five can't know. 
Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so you saying you saying Drew Holiday's little brother don't know that the league is rigged. He's he's like man. He's still, <laughs> he doing two a days. He, he he just happy to have a uniform. Right. <laughs> he, he watching it himself. God, he that's driving, so embarrassing. Whoever driving themselves to the game don't know. Fuck. He's just sitting there like, man, we're going to get it next time, fellas. And everybody like, I don't know, dog. I don't think we are going to get it next time. If you don't need security, you don't know. But if you got security. Oh, OK. I trust you a little more to know some shit because, you know, you got at least that's what I'd like to believe. Right. I'd like I'd like to believe I can handle a thirty two million dollar secret. Mm. That and that's that's a good point. You know what I mean? That like. At, at a certain point, the bag becomes so large that it's like, what is the benefit here to, to come forward and be like, hey, man, this is all uh, Adam Silver, David Stern, still alive, planning games and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just in the lab. I got it. I couldn't do this out public. David Stern is still alive in a, in a cloak made of Craig Sager suits, uh, <laughs> strategizing. It was Scott there, like, look, man, I was I was there, I was there. I know I got a different angle. Let me in. Let me in the club. It's pretty scary to some extent to think the amount of people I guess that have to be consenting inside of this, and that's always the the sort of big question of conspiracy theory and all of these conversations when it becomes like a mass agreement is how many people are actually consenting and knowingly allowing this thing to happen. It's, it's challenging to say the least to get yeah. that many yeah, people yeah. on board. But when you pay them enough money, it makes it at least a little bit easier and more likely to happen. You, you gotta hate it, but you go what if, if I would, I would rather me get the opportunity to have to hold on to this than to play your game and you get the control of this. If I if if I can do it, I'm taking the task. I'm taking mm, it. I'm I like taking the that. opportunity. That that actually uh, is, I think, a good transition into some of the research that I want to talk to you about today. Uh, like all television programs, there there are arguments. At least everything that I've read suggests that the rigging is less about deciding the ultimate results of games, but more protecting the longevity of the league and its stars. That's the the main argument that sort of is presented. So they say that, like all television programs, they're weaving stories. And you made this example with the wrestling, which means that they need the main cast and most prominent teams to maintain their positions at the top of the league. I watched this interview actually today with Jalen Rose, where he was talking about how we see it in situations like with John Wall being paid very handsomely to not play basketball for an entire year or Kawhi Leonard, who is basically like the king of load management, truly the greatest load manager in the history of the league and has opted to Amen. probably play somewhere in the range of 40 games for the rest of his life, despite being <laughs> arguably one of the best players in the league at all times. Well, I mean, there's always a passing mm-hmm. of the torch when generational g- generations of the league. When the game changes, you got to yeah. get a new face, right? And we're we're watching it right now. We saw LeBron still be arguably the best player ever. Okay, yeah. especially in this era, we we watch it. Kobe passed him the torch. Kobe got it from Mike. Mike got it from 
Magic and, and Isaiah and all Isaiah's was short lived compared to when when Mike came through. But everybody gets an opportunity, right? Every every three to six years, five to seven years, that new face, Steph had his time. This is probably Steph's last year as being the face, right? Because now you got Josh. Yeah, right. You're saying that these individuals that we're rooting for, because they change, then the the rigging, as it were, will also change. That like Golden State was not a powerhouse until you get Splash Brothers, specifically Steph, as a face of this organization. And now we will do everything to make sure that if nothing else, they're at least in a conversation until these these dudes are no longer valuable you can watch a lakers game from anywhere there's mm-hmm. you'll never be in a city with cable and a lakers playing you won't be able to watch it the That's lakers true. play everywhere yeah all right boston still play everywhere miami probably play everywhere uh you had the Rock- clippers play everywhere golden state play everywhere golden state game on you're gonna see it in bars that don't have television yeah. And d- frankly, you and you and I come from a generation where that was not true. Do you know what I mean? Like, I never watched a Golden State game before Steph Curry became Steph Curry. Like, it's not it, it wasn't even possible. They told me that uh, there was that like hero season with Golden State. I ain't watched that shit when uh, Baron Davis <laughs> and Steven Jackson and all them were going crazy. I didn't know because they didn't play y'all games on TV. <laughs> Had no idea, but good for you, boys. You cross the county line, they don't play them games. They don't right. Play, they didn't play that shit in Oakland. <laughs> right. They were like, the fuck? Not watching Steven Jackson. <laughs> the fuck out of here. And now look, look, you can watch Melo so LaMelo so exciting. You watching you watching um Yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte games. games. You watching Charlotte games across the country. I was watching that shit in Toronto. Right. You watch the Charlotte games in Canada now. He's exciting. Ja's exciting. So, yeah, so look, there's a new change in the guard, but also we're going to need Kawhi another. He's not exciting for, he, he's an exciting player, but he's not exciting. And they try to make him exciting with that, that uh, creepy-ass laugh. A yeah, no, nah, he's, he's surely one of the more uh, boring superstars that have ever existed. And it, it works perfectly in the Tim Duncan tree of middle. life that he's building. But, yeah, no, it. <laughs> He is dull, dull, you know? <laughs> I mean, sharp as a spoon. You, uh, you do not want to see him on television. You want to see, he is, he's, he's a stat guy, that's it. Yeah. So we got to get, I'll take somebody that's terrible, but exciting. Mm. I, I was hoping LaMelo was going to be exciting and that he did not disappoint. No, LaMelo is a very exciting player. And to that, to that point that you're making, the Charlotte Hornets, before LaMelo arrives, are a pretty terrible team. Are, are non, it's a non-starter conversation, and LaMelo's very good at basketball, but the transition that they've made does seem exponential in a way that makes you question, like, okay, what's going on here? Because it's, you know, it's, he's, he's not even arguably the best player on the team, and the team has suddenly become something greater than it was even when they were still that core. The last time we really talked about Charlotte was like when 
Master P had like a one day or a 10 day contract yeah. or something? <laughs> I think he had a 10 day contract. <laughs> and I think Alonzo Mourning was still involved somehow. I, you know what I mean? I think this was back when LJ was throwing up the 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 weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to go back to your point with like the narratives, I mean, but we need it too, right? We need it. Mm-hmm. We and need I, it. I think that's that's the interesting thing that everything that I read tapped on. So I want to go through some specific examples to to sort of help ground this a little bit. And I'd love to just get your thoughts on whether you agree with this, whether some of these are more far-fetched. Some of them feel legitimate to me and I watch them happen in real time. So I have like an emotional connection. And then some of them feel very hypothetical. And so I'd okay. love to hear hear where you live in all of this. Here's a great example to start off with. There's, uh, there was a Bleacher Report op-ed that I read that argued that uh, the rise of the 2005 New Orleans Hornets, this was back when they, they were still the Hornets, is a great example of the rigging that happens. So 2005, Chris Paul has been in the league for two years. He has sort of solidified himself as one of the superstar point guards in the league at this point. But in 2004, in the previous year, they were terrible. They were complete ass. They did not play well at all. And then 2005 happens. Obviously, this is the year of Katrina. They get misplaced or or sort of like moved to Oklahoma temporarily. Obviously, New Orleans is in need of a hero story. And then the following year, the New Orleans Hornets are second seed in the in the West coming out through the league. And their team doesn't change much at all. It's still mostly just Chris Paul and uh, I think Tyson Chandler are like the, the key sort of like players in this. And there's not a lot of evidence of how this team, other than maybe Chris Paul becoming a better point guard than he was the year before, uh, suddenly goes from being not even a factor, not even making the playoffs to suddenly being second seed in, in the Western conference. <sighs> My, <laughs> I I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. It, it's, it, you hate to think it, but you go, man, that's, that's a great time for people to rally for want to get money back in the community for people to donate for people to, uh, you got, you got to give out some jobs. Th- like, uh, oh man, the, yeah, man, I see it. I see it. And in some ways, it. what you're saying, I'll be honest, sounds a bit heroic almost. That like, what a nice thing to do to be like, yo, this city just suffered one of the greatest catastrophes that's ever happened to any American city. We at least should like uh, put some bread back in the pockets of the people that live there. That's yeah. not that's not a horrible intent. If if you know I'm a a person watching this as a rigging on the surface, sure, <laughs> it's not horrible on the surface. <laughs> well, you're saying something dastardly. Man, let's right, hey man, let's, let's let's go ahead. Hey man, we need about twenty thousand people that we can pay nine dollars an hour to, so sure. we can give back to the community. <laughs> <laughs> While diabolically we make millions, billions, I, I'll say but, this: you're. You're being hugely generous with $9 an hour because this is 2005. <laughs> Them motherfuckers were making a quarter, uh, an hour <laughs> to serve up uh, hot dogs with, with Creole sauce on them and calling it <laughs> salvation. Beignets. Just, hey, beignets. Let's start making the beignets again. 
let's get people back to the French couch, uh, French quarter. Canal Street needs some bodies on it. Yeah, we just need people to serve up enough that they can get drunk and go to make money for us. In uh, to your point, make money for the people that we actually care about, which is a bunch of billionaires and millionaires and all that. Uh, that that one sounds like that that one sounds like everybody wins. Mm. Okay, and and by everyone wins. Some more than others. Yes. Okay. There we go. That's the that's the part that uh that I needed to hear out loud is some way more than others, but everybody some more than something. Yeah. Everybody Wallace get greased, but so you know some people at Bank of America, and some people got steal briefcases. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at this! I get to open a savings account. This is pretty cool. Thank you, NBA. <laughs> I got to fill up my rush card. <laughs> which are still okay in 2005 not in the future though you know because of what rush did <laughs> okay here's another example that people point to and this one is uh this one Ooh, this one hit home for me i don't ooh, ooh, i assume you're from atlanta you're i i have to assume that you were a hawks fan growing up or at least no like, I'm, uh, a, I'm a bulls fan i spent my, my summers in chicago Oh shit! Okay, so my family, my family's from that way. My dad wasn't a sports fan, so my family that was a sports fan was all in Chicago. So I, when I was growing up there in the summer, I'm a, I'm a Bulls fan. I got you. So you were a Bulls fan growing up. I will say that I, I think it was impossible not to be a Bulls. I'm from Chicago as well, so or I'm from Chicago. Very easy, so very easy to be a Bulls fan. It was gr- easy being a Bulls fan all the way up till 1999, and then it got real easy to stop being a Bulls <laughs> fan uh, when all we had was Tony Kukoc to uh, protect us. But during that time, one of the teams that I gravitated towards was the uh, Sacramento Kings. I was a a huge Sacramento King fan, largely because of Chris Webber and then Mike Bibby. And as you know, in the 2002 finals, the Western Conference finals, the Kings faced the Lakers. And it is, I would say, one of the more infamous rigging arguments or at least arguments that a rigging took place the the Sacramento Kings are up 3-2 in the series they're the the clear favorites at this point to basically win the title and then the refs start to get involved and there's a bunch of uh videos you can watch on YouTube that break down all the bullshit calls and fake fouls and whatever whatever that happened but basically the Lakers end up coming back and winning the series 4-3 and the game six, I think, is the one that's most infamous as like, oh, they really just fucked around on these guys. And for years, I'll be honest, I was I was devastated by this loss. I really wanted the Kings to win, but I didn't necessarily believe it. But then and I'm not sure how much you've heard of this ref, Tim Donaghy, who is uh, now yes. literally yes. gone to, uh, I think, jail for the shit or at least been fined insane amounts of money. Had, yep. has come forward and specifically in terms of this game, which he did ref, he was like, yo, we bullshitted that. The league wanted us to make sure that the Lakers won or at least kept the series going as long as it could. I think it's harder now with technology to do what, what that 2002 finals did uh, in the in the very obvious, takes a little more time to to see a replay. Mm-hmm. Where we didn't have if, if, if as many uh, you know sidebars where refs go talk about it and you get to go watch footage in real time. I right. think we all got too many cameras, so it's, it's a lot more difficult than that. But I do think it's easier to allow a series to go seven games because we know like this. I don't. I think everybody's checked out of this for for this finals 
for example, this Golden State Mavericks series, it's like yes. we need Golden State healthy. Don't get anybody hurt. Let them go ahead and get four and out. We need them healthy for the right. finals. They still really like seven games. We want that. We want to see seven games. So the, the finals going seven, but the conference finals, we need Steph and Clay. We get the most money when these motherfuckers are healthy. And to that point, we there's nobody in the league who thinks that the Dallas Mavericks are going to win it. So what the fuck are we giving them a chance for? Why are we? Hey man, Luca <laughs> dropped his. He got his stats. Uh, he he doing well. We like him. No, no, yeah. they dislike Luca. We we he's fine. Yeah, Reggie Bullock isn't going to be your uh, the, the the finals MVP. So let's he's just move fine. on and let let's these boys move play. On. Let Steph get and, and Clay and, and and the boys and Draymond so he can get back to his podcast. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Draymond's got some big guests coming up, and we we can't afford for him to have a sore throat. Let's let these boys win. <laughs> you know he likes yelling. We got to get him off the floor. But me and Rojo Perez talk about this all the time. Shout out to Rojo Perez. We talk about this Hell all yeah. the time. It is um is like things to make the game more exciting, but also make it fair. And you talking about the the referees right now make me feel like what we should do is at least once a game, which we have to decide on, we can let Twitter decide mm. the real Twitter, not the bots, the real okay. Twitter. The real Twitter. We let the real Twitter decide which call, that with, uh, when they go over to the sidelines, which call is going to be a fan-decided call. But it can't oh. be... It can't be a fan, excuse me. It has to be a woman who doesn't watch the sport. Oh, that's smart. Okay. Yeah, because if it's a fan, there's so much bias cooked into it, right? I'm never, listen, Clay Thompson to me is the greatest human being to ever walk this planet Earth. He's <laughs> he, he's beat autism and he's made his way to, <laughs> to arguably the second best shooting position in the history of the game. He's so fun, so funny to me. I love him to death. I'm not calling a call against Clay Thompson. I don't give a fuck what he did. He ain't do it to me. I love Clay Thompson, so I can't fairly answer any call against go, him. If it's something you go, nope, I didn't see nothing. No. Nope. <laughs> like, not my sweet boy. <laughs> You can watch it on the Oculus and be like, I don't see shit. I don't Clay see it. That, do it. that just looked like a good man out there playing his heart out. Nope. I don't <laughs> Clay see said shit. he didn't do it. Clay didn't do it. Clay, did you do it? No. All right. He said he do it. So. <laughs> well, hey, I don't know what we're talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> Why we waste some time? Let's get back to the game, boys. Clay want to shoot. Uh, <laughs> no, I, but to that point, if my wife was watching and she just goes, hey, he pushed him down. I'd be like, yeah, you're right, baby. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like that wasn't supposed to happen, and you like you know, okay, that is non-biased. Yeah, you got to explain what just happened, and this yeah. is what's not supposed to happen. Did she see that happen? And she's gonna go, I, that looks like it was fair to me. That like that wasn't that hard of a hit. I was yeah. that flagrant at all. You, He's well, fake. It's not, it's not yeah. flagrant. <laughs> no, that's perfect <laughs> because when they go and the the refs go and they like they meet up together at the the scores table and they're like debating the whole thing. If you just added a nice lady in the middle of there who's who's like that they can take that time to explain all the rules to her, play the thing back and then she goes, "Oh, yeah, no, you can't do that." And then they can call the call the way that it was it was meant to be called. Boom. Call the parking call the lady that work in the parking lot. 
Call that lady who's telling you where to park. Get her ass in here real quick. She ain't seen shit. <laughs> she ain't seen nothing. If you're ever at the the fucking uh, Staples Center, I guess not Staples anymore, Crypto.com, Crypto.com or yeah. whatever the fuck it is. Uh, but if you're ever there, there's like those ladies that sell those bacon wrap hot dogs out there. <laughs> Actually, I was going that direction for a second. And then I go... <laughs> Then I was like, no, nah, event staff would probably at least be closer to the team. She actually works there. No, <laughs> give me a, give me a, a very stout Mexican lady selling bacon wrapped hot dogs and peppers, and I want her to decide the the oh, no, the no, ultimate. No, 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 uh, no, no. He's wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need her to just be objective as fuck in this, and then I want one of them hot dogs. So they'd be good to motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take one more break. We'll be back with more Tone Bell and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And we are back. I can't go anywhere. Suck my dick. Yeah, we're back here with more Tone Bell. More my mama told me. We're still talking about the possibility that these leagues are rigging games for their own benefit to make people richer. That is the theory that is on the table. I have to ask you, do you have you ever uh been the at the the loss of one of these rig games, I know you said you're not a betting man, but are you as a fan, as a as a a person, just sort of like observing? Have you ever been fallen victim to what you feel was a very rigged situation? 
I mean, not really, not really with consequences other than, you know, I mean, like emotionally being like, oh man, I wish there was more basketball, but, uh, mm. I don't think, no, I'm gonna say no, I'm gonna say no, but, but I do think, I do think we were robbed of a little jaw this season. Oh, I think Ja got where he was supposed to get. Yep. Meaning that Memphis wasn't supposed to make it past the second round of the playoffs. Correct. But you think we should have seen more Ja throughout the series and that what was- I'm saying I would have loved to see more Ja. Oh, I got you. I don't think the injury was re- I think we had just enough Ja for him to go have a good summer. Okay. Hey, we did it. Memphis is on fire. We look good for next year. He a new face. The commercials are coming. It's he's a brand now. He solidified that. Save him up because we're gonna need him in two. We're gonna need him in the future. So That's, he he did his job. Get him out of here for now, and then let's let go Golden State go ahead and get their last run before these yeah. niggas get old. That's really interesting because I think to some extent it's almost like I think when when I think about these rigging situations to some extent. Kevin Durant feels like the type of guy, and I'm a big fan of Kevin Durant, but he feels like the type of guy that wouldn't play along in whatever this <laughs> shit is. Do you know what I, I mean? That like if if any player in the league was like, nah, nigga, it's going to be KD. And I feel like his injury, the season that Golden State lost to Toronto, feels very much like that, where it was like they told him, KD, you got to sit out, dog. You're injured in a way that you shouldn't be or that, you know, is going to not necessarily protect the brand. And he was like, fuck that. I'm playing basketball. And the league was okay with it to some extent because it still puts Kevin Durant on the floor, which everybody wanted to see and could be a hero story. But then when he got injured, they were like, fuck, we knew this nigga was going to cost us some money. This nigga trying to be righteous. (laughs) (laughs) Man, if you don't go get a haircut and sit down, fuck. With the ethics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he seems like he just loves basketball more than uh, whatever millionaire games are being played. So he's going to go he's going to go play even if they tell him not to. I mean, I think the the smart cats are doing what they do. Like, you know, the cats who know that I might got two or three more seasons left. So let me go ahead and figure out what my next career is going to be. Yes. And Katie's like, hey, man, I lay step. Pass me the ball. Like, I'm I'm. I play basketball, man. Yeah, how do I, what I, I don't do. got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no kids. I ain't got no wife. I like basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good for another ten seasons. Well, you gonna have to go play in the big three. You better call Ice Cube. Yeah, we ain't, we can't keep a, we can't afford whatever this personality is around all the time. Another thing me and Rope uh, bring up all the time is like I wish because like this is like the narrative of these things. I wish that there was like a game within a game, mm-hmm. right? So I, I wish that, like instead of this one, I'm, just, I'm thinking of this right now, but uh, you get fouled on a three, right? Yeah. A shooting foul on a three. You can choose whether or not you take three free throws or everybody clears the court. We play one-on-one for three points. Whoa. That's exciting. Now, that, that's fucking exciting. You get, 30, you get a shot clock. You get 24 seconds. Or, <laughs> or maybe, you get your, maybe you get your 14. But, <laughs> but you got, I got 14 seconds. It's quick. I you foul me. If I score on you one on one, I can get my three. And if if, if and if uh, and if you if you stop me, then y'all get the y'all get the possession. 
Whoa, that's really fun because then it feels like it's uh, it's got a he got game quality to it, where it's like <laughs> you you kind of rooting for the jail nigga to 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 come out of this, but nope, Ray Allen's gonna push him down and dunk on his bitch ass because you know what you all you gonna hear you, nigga ball don't lie, ball don't lie. Yeah, that's all you exactly. gonna hear every every one on one, every one on one. I wish we would do this more. I I I'll say this very exciting premise. Truly, I don't know that the the egos of this league could could even begin to manage what you're suggesting. It would destroy so many people uh, emotionally. To at the point that oh. you get knocked down and dunked on, you would people would melt down for sure. Oh, I mean, it, it, we live. You know how we live in now. Everything a meme. Yes, the exactly. game within the game. Oh, I gotta play. I mean, it's it's, it's gonna stop you. All it's, it's going to take is one person to get injured that they couldn't afford. Right. On a no, for sure. <laughs> if LeBron like, oh, takes that... literally broken ankle. If LeBron takes that kind of L, it's over. It's it's done. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Let's let's dig back into a few more of these examples before we, we wrap this up. This is a, an, a really interesting one. There's a 1985 draft lottery that I guess is one of the the more infamous moments of quote-unquote rigging. And there are a few examples of rigging throughout history. Some argue that even LeBron being jaf- drafted to the Cavs is another example of rigging. He's a hometown kid who suddenly is now being drafted to the team and magically creates, you know, this narrative of of salvation despite the next best player being, what was it, Mo Williams? It was like he truly had nothing on that team. Anderson Verizhao, I think, were, were his mm-hmm. two next mm-hmm. best. Larry Hughes, it was all garbage. That said, the 1985 draft lottery is when, for some reason, the league opted to shift from their traditional ping pong balls to pull the names of the teams as they're being picked for the numbers and instead shifted to these giant, almost like uh, vinyl disc cards. Do you know what I mean? Like the the thing, yeah. the envelopes yeah. that you keep vinyl in, they use those and put those in a giant spinny wheel, right? And so everybody is like, this is a little weird, but I guess the league's trying something different. But then on top of that, the GM of the Atlanta Hawks this year, 1985, came forward before the draft even happened and said the Knicks are going to get the first pick. Because they are the team that the NBA is invested in the most because of the the sort of like scale of their market. Everybody starts bugging out about the fact that he says that. But then even worse, the Knicks do, in fact, get the first pick and they get Patrick Ewing that year, which then sort of solidifies the kerfuffle. And inside of that, this is my favorite part of the whole thing. People discover that the accounting firm that was in charge of the cards and in charge of this lottery as a whole was in fact owned by, you guessed it, the New York Knicks. And the person who specifically was in charge of placing the cards inside of it was a person inside of the Knicks organization. Uh, And there are some people who even argue, this is the craziest part, that they froze the Knicks card so that David Stern, when he reached his hand in, could differentiate the Knicks card versus the other ones. So it just wasn't red and all the rest of them were white. Is <laughs> that <laughs> pick this one? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, here's the hard part. It's like, would you even care? Like, mm. if they go, hey, man, like, it's 
that that's that's the hard part to me. It's like I, I understand that people probably couldn't handle it, but I think most of us will go, I don't know, man, New York, I mean, they make a lot of money, they spend a lot of money, it's an expensive place. Yeah, they do deserve to go number one. And then you get to midseason after the draft, and you go, man, who, who's killing it right now? Before the trade deadline, what can we do? I think sports fans can handle that shit. I, I, I do, but I think there's, there still has to be the element of surprise and un, unknowing, not knowing. So they have to make it exciting. Because, I mean, I remember when the whole lottery, because we didn't used to see really the draft lottery like that. Like, now it's a huge event. Like, right. it, it was kind of like you know, it's, you know it's out here and you know what happens. But then it became like a you know a, just a a real big sure it's like, an entire day it's, it's, a, of it's a production television now, programming you know? yeah but I I don't know I mean that that's hard because I I don't disagree with how they did it I just go that's like what they should have done is like let us they they should have went to um like a make a wish like they should have brought a blind kid out. <laughs> And then somebody whispers in reach for the reach for the cold one. Right? <laughs> hey, hey, if you feel cold, you got it. <laughs> you got teach them what cold is. Right? <laughs> what you do is you make it, you make it, you make them all different every envelope, 13 different colors. So there's no way he saw it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just like he just he just reached in there and then, like he just whisper, hey man, get the cold one. And then it's like, oh shit. And now people love this blind kid. And well, it seems like something else. I think to your point, that's that's part of the problem that they keep facing, right, is that they keep using the same motherfuckers to do the thing and pretending like we're not supposed to start calling bullshit. Like, at the core of it, if you want to rig sports, and I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't, but if you want to rig sports, stop making the head of the league the face of each event, you know what I mean? Like you said, bring in some weirdos and some some extra folks that have nothing to do with it to be the face of these choices so that it feels at least somewhat objective or at least feels like a third party is involved in some kind of way. But David Stern, he's a part of all of you. It. You got to come in looking like you don't know shit about it and go, hey, man, you got a one year contract to act like you don't know shit about this. And you just got picked up yeah. off the street like a lottery, like a lottery winner. And then that's it. Yeah. Did you one season? Now yeah, Willie Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, baby. We already knew Come on, Charlie. Charlie was gonna get up in there, <laughs> 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 but make it seem like he's in trouble. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like people can handle it. like like the way we grew up. Eventually, found out that wrestling was a storyline, and still it does well. Yeah, I, I think the wrestling analogy is a good one for me because it reminds me of how I was very invested in wrestling as a kid. And I remember there would be weeks where like Stone Cold or The Rock would like take off, right? Like they just weren't a part of it. They weren't, uh, you know, it wasn't in the stories or like the, you know, there was a point where I think like one of them had gotten injured and that was like part of the storyline was like they aren't a, they aren't wrestling anymore, whatever. And I didn't like those stories, right? I remember as a kid being like, fuck, man, those are my favorites. I want them to be a part of it. But then there was also the moment when they came back and that was so much more meaningful and exciting than if they would have kept just doing their bits every week, the same as always. And so I think to some extent, that's what we're getting, right? It's more of a hero story for Cleveland to have LeBron James lose LeBron James, LeBron comes back and gives them a championship than it is for LeBron to just stick it out for the entirety of his career 
and then ultimately earn himself a championship somewhere in the middle of that. Well, I mean, like it's it's like, and I don't know. I'm sure we could string this together, but I'm but but even having for for LeBron to go from Cleveland to Miami back to Cleveland and then get to L.A. is like. Mm-hmm. We can make that happen, but you got to go back to we, you owe Cleveland more. Give them one before, and I don't think that's him. I go, hey man, I, it didn't happen. I'm yeah. moving. <laughs> yeah, he probably was like, I don't want to go back to I'm Cleveland. Moving. Like, nah, we'll let you go to LA. I already started paying mo- my mortgage in LA. I'm moving, and they're yeah. like, we <laughs> sorry, need- big dog. <laughs> <laughs> we actually don't give a fuck about your mortgage. <laughs> I just, hey man, look, you 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 two inside now. You get, you got to do this. <laughs> you give what Cleveland one, give you Space Jam. How about that? You want to do that? Oh, that's good. That they were like, we we'll get you that, but like we gonna need one person. It's like, ah, I do want. We gonna need Space Jam. Okay. It don't gotta be good. In fact, you can go out of your way to make it god awful, but <laughs> you gotta give us another Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> so, staying on the David Stern is evil track, there are a couple more examples of David Stern sort of doing some of some of his wild, uh, according to at least some people who are accusing him, shit in two thousand six. The finals when Dwayne Wade and the Heat, this is the the Shaq and Dwayne Wade Heat, not the mm-hmm, LeBron mm-hmm. and Dwayne Wade Heat, but they were facing the Mavericks. And Dwayne Wade, they're down, uh, they're down 2-0 to the Mavs at this point. They're they're almost certainly about to lose this game. I think they were down by like almost 20 in the third game. And then Dwayne Wade went on to shoot as many free throws as the entire Mavericks team. Oh, I remember this one. That I remember game. This one. So in the third game, he shoots as many free throws as the entire team, which I think is 25 plus free throws on his own, ultimately wins that game and then goes on to shoot similar amounts of free throws throughout the rest of the series and wins them a championship. And then Mark Cuban is so angry at what's happened that he comes forward and says that it was rigged. He comes forward and says that the refs bullshitted this game in the league's favor and then gets fined. A quarter of a million dollars, $250,000 for talking out of turn that season. Love Mark Cuban for that. And I go, you know, it's a double standard. You know, when the when the rig goes your way, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, if, if I'm not mistaken, this is, this is at this point, D-Wade is with Nike. He has a shoe. They, they're doing this whole campaign, you know, you, you fall down eight times, get up nine, right? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's this year. And they're talking about all these fouls because this, this, these are those years when he was go he jump and not know how he's coming down, so he always end up on his back or in, or in chest or something. Yeah, this was this was the Dwayne D- Wade and Derrick Rose. I think had similar instincts of like I I'm just gonna leave everything in in the air and see what the fuck happens. Yeah. And uh, sometimes and it, yeah. it worked out really well, and then sometimes it uh, ended their career real early. <laughs> So I mean, so you talking about this? Is not even like, I mean, we need we need more time for to make this ad go right. This yep. Nike ad go. What is what is going to be his thing? Mm-hmm. What's his narrative? What's what's going to be this thing? We got to get him on. Oh, so yes, I mean, so so the fact that they win the series, but now they got all this footage of they got montage after montage of in game getting fouled. Yeah, it's really not a foul. But he, but he's going to the line, and he's strong as fuck, and he's and he's uh, a big shit talker. So he's gonna go up there, 
get knocked down, dunk it or do a weird spin and put it in. And then you get footage of him now like on the ground being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to your point. Great footage for Nike or whoever is trying to sell it. And let's be honest. We all know what built Miami. Them refs probably scared shitless if Miami Mm. don't win this game. (laughs) Yeah, the cocaine boys are are, uh, courtside. They... They're not talking out of turn in Miami. Hey, man, the, the, everybody in Miami wears all white to the games. Cocaine is... <laughs> is <laughs> that, that ain't for the team? No, this is this is a personal... This is personal for them. They, would, they wouldn't even be called the heat if they could call them the uh, cocaine. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the Mi- Miami cocaina. <laughs> if, they, if they could have a... If they could call it powder, if they could call it anything else, <laughs> my, <laughs> the Miami good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Miami, let's party. And <laughs> you like to party? <laughs> Instead of a big number one, they they do the pinky <laughs> with, the, with the long <laughs> with the long nail on yeah, it. It's got to have the long nail hair. on it, and a little just a little bit of un unexplained dust right right at the end of that pinky. Just a little bit, not enough the, that it offends the children, but. We're number one, bro. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll point to to arguably the most glaring historical example of the rigging, or certainly the one that that feels most present to today. The fiasco that took place when Chris Paul was vetoed from joining the Lakers by David Stern. So David Stern, I don't know how well you remember this, but Chris Paul plays for the Hornets at the time in New Orleans. He ultimately is deciding to leave. The Hornets are then going to make a three-team deal to land Chris Paul in the Lakers. Now, here's where it gets weird is that... Wait, go back. Go back one more time. I'm trying, I'm trying yep. to remember this. It's Chris Paul leaving the Hornets, trying and to go to, to the Lakers. I believe it is 2006, I want to say. I, Ooh, okay. Me, no, it might have been it might have been later than that. I'm not 100%. I'm not remembering the the year well, so I apologize okay. to the listeners. Please don't yell at me. But long story short, this is right before Chris Paul actually ends up on the Clippers. So whatever year he ends up on the Clippers, this was the year he okay. attempted to go to the Lakers. They were trading for him to go there, but New Orleans didn't have an owner at the time. For whatever reason, their team did not have an owner. And when you don't have an owner, the head of the league becomes the sort of like acting owner for the team, David Stern. And David Stern vetoed the deal saying that Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant would be too much of a impossible duo for anybody to beat and said that it wouldn't be beneficial to New Orleans and then forced them into a trade that actually ended up way worse for uh, New Orleans than they would have been if they ended up with the, I think they were going to get like four pretty solid players in exchange for Chris Paul and then ended up with like complete bullshit afterward. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are interesting years too. Cause like if, 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 if those years are right where you're talking, this is, it's a lot, it's a lot happening in these years. So yes, you, cause you got to spread the wealth, right? With this. I mean, that's, that's the, it yeah. has to be, it has to be shared amongst, you know, we got to, we have a narrative because I mean, this is, we kind of talk about the same era because we're still talking about Dwayne Wade because uh, Wade, Wade only got to Miami because of some trade to Indiana and in the medical yeah. condition, right? So I forget, I forget the player's name, 
but that went to Indiana. Wade ends up going to Miami. Oh, because he was supposed to go to Toronto. Wade's supposed to go to Toronto. Mm. So it's it's a bunch of shit that that happens there. But they're also going to keep they're going to keep Kobe there, and because LeBron's probably already trying to get there. Yeah, early on, there's probably there's probably like, hey, we can't you can't come here until Kobe's done. And this is to be clear, this is 2011. I was I was way off in my years, but but okay. basically, okay. Los Angeles would have ended up with Chris Paul. New Orleans would have ended up with Lamar Odom, Kevin Martin, Louis uh, Louis Scola, Goran okay. Dragic, all of which oh, Dragic, they would have yeah. all ended up on New Orleans, and then the Rockets would have gotten Pau Gasol. That would have been the the three team trade that was happening for all of these players, and then. David Stern was like, nah, we good. And then Chris Paul ultimately found himself on the Clippers instead. What 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 year did see I don't know this, but I'm wondering what year did Chris Paul take the position of uh player association president? Oh, I can find out. I don't know off the top of my head, but I definitely Cause you know, those are I mean, to me, those kind of things is like, oh, now you got too much say so, or we have to make you let you think you have too much say so. So now you start being vocal. And apparently he's a when it comes to the players, if I'm not mistaken, I think he has a pretty good reputation as the president. I know on the court people. I think I think he is nigga, extremely but. well liked as a representative for the players in the league and also extremely hated as a person you have to play against in right. the league, if that makes sense. He, yeah. People fuck with him. They love that he he goes so hard for them. And then they're like, fuck this nigga for falling down on top of me and getting a free call. And yes, Olivia is correct. 2013 is when he became the the president. So he clearly, this feels like it's out of a response to David Stern fucking over his potential championship with Kobe. So you talking about, look, you don't just start overnight when you become the president. That means you're very vocal up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple years leading up to. That's hard. To, I mean, yeah, that's hard. Because, I mean, we're, that, these are years where technology is getting better. iPhones are getting better. People can talk quicker. I mean, you start to hear shit talking crazy now. So. Yes. And so to that point, the, the shit talking got so intense for David Stern and the league that there are some who argue that is the reason why uh, very shortly after Anthony Davis was drafted to New Orleans, despite them having, I think, only an 11 percent chance or some very low percent chance of getting the number one pick. They end up getting Anthony Davis that year. And this is them, the league essentially trying to make up for the fact that they fucked over not only New Orleans, but also the league as a whole by nixing this this trade. But isn't it? I mean, it's such a soap opera. Yes. Which is, I mean, we can go down any scenario, but then here's the thing is like, okay, I believe everything you just said. All every, The five stories we read that we saw had to unfold for us to know them, right? So like, so this is mm-hmm. history when it comes to the league. And also it's, it's what I don't like is like, oh man, that's interesting. I, I, I got to be honest, man. I'm still watching the game. I still love it. I don't really care. I don't want you to tell me it's something that it wasn't. I don't like being lied to. Sure. I don't like it, but I'm willing to, I'm still going to go to the games. I'm still going to watch them. I'm still going to hate Jake from State Farm for being the most active actor in Hollywood. <laughs> that nigga is everywhere. That's, that's got to mean a lot to him coming from you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but either one of us could have had that job. Either one of us. Sure. It's not, it's not a super challenging job, but it does seem like it takes a lot of work that, uh, I'll be it's honest, I'm not willing to do. I, I couldn't do some of what Jake has to do. 
Uh, so hats off to him. A year. But also, he's Jacob State Farm forever. Like, if he's in bed and he's like, say my name. You go make him smash with a red t-shirt on. All right. <laughs> but what really gets me about it is like when you talk to people, even just in passing, you talk to somebody about shit like this and they go, nah, man, I don't believe it. Why would they do that? I go, there's no, there's nothing about it that seems like kind of weird. Like it's not orchestrated. They yeah. just have the conversation. Like, that's what I don't like. I don't like talking to people about shit like this. And they go like, I, I can't see that. You're like, you can't see it? Right. I'm, At not least, saying, I'm not saying you got to believe it, but you can't see it. Let's play the game. Let's entertain each other a little bit with this conversation. Now, I think to the, the original point you made, and this was one that uh, sat good in my spirit, it felt correct for everything that I, I sort of believe in this, is it makes for great stories. And it makes for good conversation. It's the fun that that also is added to the league. If it's too rigged, it's not fun anymore. We don't want this to actually be wrestling. But if it's just rigged enough, then we all get to feel like we can reinvest in our teams and the possibility of, of maybe the rig working in our favor in a way that we won't be able to if we just know the Lakers or the Celtics will always be the best team because of history and circumstance right. more than just chance and fun. And I mean, it might help it. I mean, you don't want shit leaning too far. I mean, it, some shit has to self-correct. It's not too robotic. It's not, it doesn't look mm-hmm. like the same thing happen every night. I mean, you still get, ex- you know, explosive players and highlights. You used to get all the cool stuff. And then sometimes you got to manipulate because it is a business. Fuck it. Yeah. It's a business and and God damn it, we're dealing with the most businessy businessmen there are. They truly are all <laughs> billionaires who are going to make bu- business ass choices even when it comes to fucking athletics. Hey, man, Buffalo Wild Wings sell thighs now. I mean, what <laughs> and what a great way for us to leave this conversation. Buffalo Wild Wings sells <laughs> thighs now. That's all you need to know. That's that's the answer to all of y'all questions and concerns here. <laughs> well, Tom, I think we did it. I think this is a wonderful. I had a great time. Could you tell the I had people? A, I had a wonderful time, man. Yeah. Could you tell the people at home where they can find you? What cool shit you have going on? Uh, man, I just, I mean, I just finished a, a new movie last week. That's a Looney Tunes movie. I just finished that, which hey. is, which I'm excited about. That'll be out next year. I uh, I got uh, a movie coming out on Netflix that they haven't announced yet, so I'm not going to say the name, but look out for it. You'll see my face. Uh, and then I got a new show coming out on Netflix in September that I'm not going to say the, the name of because they haven't announced it yet. But, man, look out for me, man. I'm out here, and I'm Tone Bell on all the socials. I don't post a lot these days. I'll be out here trying to live in real life and and uh, and not record stuff all the time. But you know what? If I get a couple follows, I'll, I'll post some shit. I post some shit. I probably should. Anyway, oh, yeah. And T O N E B E L L, man. You know, follow your boy. Yeah, and fuck Jake from State Farm because he's working <laughs> too much. Unlike you, who's who's keeping it real cool and humble with your 88 jobs that you just listed. But no, follow Tone. He's hilarious, very talented. And always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman uh, on all platforms. I ain't got shit going on, so I'll be available and posting about nothing. Before we hang up, can I can I say this? Yo, I love Bust Down, bro. Fuck yeah. I, miss, I, miss, I, I know I said it on like probably on Instagram or something, but while I got you live, man, I, I fuck with it heavy, man. I had a good time watching that. I, Cause I didn't know what to expect. I knew y'all was doing it. Richie Keen is the homie. I, he was telling me about it. And yeah. I still gonna I kind of didn't know what it was. I know y'all been working on it for a minute. Yo, that shit came together, bro. It's dope. 
It's Thanks, really man. Fun. It's a it's, real fun series. I man. always tell people it's our toxic little baby. We we made some, you know, real weird and, and fucked up, and I'm I'm glad people like it. Duh, I had a wonderful time. Even going into episode one, I was like, yo, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. But then I watched <laughs> I watched the whole <laughs> I watched the whole thing, man. I, I fuck with it heavy, man. There's no way, and I take a lot of pride in this, that episode one could have been what you thought it was gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't set up episode one to be whatever that was at all. So, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad you dug it. That's, that means the world to me. Yeah. Well, we did it. I think this is it. Okay. Bye, bitch. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.